Welcome to the Hope on the Way podcast with Father John Ahmet. John is the coordinator for the Christian Ecumenical and Missional Society of St. Patrick and St. Aidan, and he's the founder of Hope on the Way Ministries. Now, join Father John and discover hope and relevant answers in following Jesus, who is the way and the truth and the life. Today's message is entitled, Praying for the Immediate Healing of the Sick and Affirmed. And we're reading out of Luke 13, verses 10 through 17. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, He called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then He put His hand on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leaders said to the people, there are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him, you hypocrites, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. In the greater church, we are fine with praying for healing at some later time. So someone gets sick, someone gets injured, someone has some sort of infirmity or issue or problem with their body or their mind or their spirit, and we put them on the intercessor list and we all pray, you know, that eventually the Lord's going to heal them. Or, assuming that it happens either after a church service or maybe during a Bible study, often we'll... We'll pray for people. And I've even seen people lay hands and say, Lord, I just pray You would heal this person and do this for them and and make them well. And then they'll take their hands off them and no follow-up. No follow-up. Now I want to say that it's quite common that when we intercede for people to be healed, that oftentimes we do see progressive healings happen. Often in tandem with modern medicine. But it is not common in the church, in the greater church, to see people pray for immediate healing. To pray, Lord, I I pray that this person I'm praying for would receive an immediate healing, and then you ask them, and they, they say, yes, I'm healed, or no, I'm not healed. Now, as believers, we are supposed to pray like Jesus. Am I am I right? In all the healings that Jesus did, almost all of them, almost all of them were immediate healings. Demonstrable healings like the healing I just 
read about. Let me ask you this. Does your church pray for immediate healing? Or does your church partner with a ministry that does pray for immediate healing? How about you? Do you pray for people? And if you do, do you pray for their immediate healing and ask them if they are healed? Or do you just leave it at, hey, I prayed for you, I interceded, now I hope you get better. If you don't pray for immediate healing, if you don't pray like Jesus prayed for healing, immediate healing, let me ask you this, why not? Why don't we in the greater church pray for immediate healings like Jesus did? I think there could be a lot of reasons, but let me name a few here. One reason we may not pray for immediate healing in the greater church is because we don't want the drama. Don't want it. In society in general, the ministry of healing, and especially immediate healing demonstrated by the cure and the person prayed for, is scandalous. It is. And hey, I understand there's been some folks on TV who uh, used a lot of drama as they've prayed for immediate healing. And we don't want to be associated with those faith healers. That's what we call them. Faith healers. Healing is scandalous. And a lot of educated church leaders know that, that if we start praying for healings, there could be some drama with it, right? Because what if people don't get healed when we pray for immediate healing? What if someone gets offended that we pray for immediate healing? You see, we, we, we don't pray for immediate healing because we don't want the drama. And the reason we don't want the drama is because we're afraid of failure. Hey, we're going to start praying for people and people aren't going to be healed and then the people are going to get upset. We're going to have scandal come in. We're going to have a bad reputation through this. What if someone doesn't pray the right way? We, we don't want the drama. And the reason we don't want the drama is because we're afraid of the failure. And the reason we're afraid of the failure is because we don't know how to pray for immediate healing in the greater church. Is that why you don't pray for immediate healing? Because you're afraid of failure. And the reason you're afraid of failure is that you don't know how to pray for immediate healing. See, this was the disciples when they began with Jesus. The apostles didn't know how to pray for immediate healing. They watched Jesus do immediate healings. They prayed with Jesus eventually and did it with Him. And then eventually, Jesus sent them out to do it by themselves because they were, they were trained. You see, the reason you don't pray for immediate healing in the greater church is because you were never, you were never taught or trained to do it. Why don't you make time in your church, church leaders, for training people how to pray for immediate healings? Or why don't you partner with the ministry that does it? Because you have other priorities. Let's face it. So many, so many out there in the greater church never think of, of having a ministry within their church or partnering with another ministry through their church that prays for immediate healing. 
Because you have other priorities. Got better things to do. And the reason that you've never made time in your church to train people to learn about immediate healing and train them to do it is because you've never seen an immediate healing. I wonder how many people we could gather in our local, our local community of Christians and ask them to raise their hand if they've ever seen an immediate healing. Not a progressive healing. And don't get me wrong, those are awesome. It's great however the Lord heals. But how many people have actually seen an immediate healing? A prayer, then a demonstrable healing. I would say the percentage is very, very low. And the reason that we, are, we never make time to learn or train people to heal is because we've never witnessed it ourselves. And since we've never seen a healing, we never pray for immediate healing. Because deep down inside, we don't really believe it happens. Or if it does, it certainly wouldn't happen through us or in our church or in our, our personal ministry. I know a person who has a, a ministry of prayer at a large local church. And I ask this prayer person, do you ever pray for immediate healings? It's kind of a blank stare. <laughs> a blank stare. I'm glad, I'm glad this person prays. It's just so awesome. This person is very gifted, but has never prayed for an immediate healing. Hey, I just prayed for you. Are you better? Oh, you're worse. <laughs> Why don't we pray for immediate healings? Because we've never seen a healing and we never pray for immediate healings because healing ministry creates drama. And it's associated with scandal, and we don't want drama in our churches, and we don't want the bad reputation. I mean, honestly, how much how how many in the greater church are like the synagogue leader? Come on. There are six days a week to be healed. Come back another day. Hey, it's not the right time. The band hasn't played its encore on Sunday, so we can't pray for immediate healing. My sermon went 10 minutes longer so we can't pray for immediate healings. Let me say this very clearly. To fully believe, using the word fully, to fully believe and live the Gospel. I want to say it one more time. To fully believe and live the Gospel, you must exercise a ministry of praying for immediate healing in your churches. And even as a layperson, you need to pray for immediate healings. Sure, keep praying on the intercessor list. Awesome. Wonderful. But when someone tells you they're sick and asks you to pray for them, pray for their immediate healing. I appreciate, don't get me wrong, I appreciate the concern for drama and reputation. I get that. There's been some really bad faith healing type models on TV and it's kind of stereotyped. Some of you who are old enough or like movies, you understand the Elmer Gantry movie novel model of that faith healing. But folks, this isn't about your reputation. It's not about your reputation. It's about love and compassion. It's about saving people. 
You know, some people will maybe never be saved unless you save their bodies as well as their soul. And quite often in the New Testament Gospels, the word salvation is the Greek word sozo that's also translated as what? Healing. Jesus says, your faith has saved you. See, we need to be in the business of saving people's bodies and souls. And some people need their bodies saved so that their souls can be saved along with their body. In Acts 10.37, Peter says, Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Healing is part of the saving ministry of Jesus because people are under the power of the devil. Jesus said to the woman with a spirit of infirmity, and I'm not saying every, every infirmity, every sickness is, has to do with, directly with the demonic spirit, but I know that many do have some connection with demonic spirits. Jesus said to the woman with the spirit of infirmity, you are loosed. You are freed from your infirmity. Some time ago, I was leading a healing retreat. And a young woman in her very early 30s signed up to come. And the first day of the healing retreat, she was late. Folks were going, where is this woman? And she signed up. About a half hour late, she, she came in and she walked with every step coming in the door in excruciating pain. You could see it on her face. And she carried a cot. She carried a stretcher. Like of, of like kind of a bungee cord stretcher so that she could lay in it during the retreat because she couldn't sit upright. She carried in her cot of infirmity. A young lady, her future was gone. Carrying her cot of infirmity. The last day of the, the retreat, the very last healing prayer session with the prayer ministers, she was lying in her cot. It was about a half hour to the closing Eucharist for the healing retreat. And I was getting ready and I was walking back to, to get vested for the, the, healing, the healing Eucharist. And one of the prayer ministers said, Father John, this young lady is manifesting a spirit. I went over there and I looked and she was manifesting a spirit very subtly. An evil spirit. And I began to pray for her. I began to pray for her life. I began to cry out to God in compassion that she would have an immediate healing and this spirit would leave. And it tried to hide. It did its best to hide. It did not want to, to be discovered. It did not want to come out in the open. But there wasn't anything dramatic, but just this moment of peace where I, I felt the spirit had left her. Then I went and got vested and went to the healing Eucharist, the generational Eucharist. And a few minutes later, she came in without her cot. Without her cot. Without a grimace. And she was jumping up and down during the service and screaming at the top of her lungs, Thank you, Jesus! Jesus! 
Thank you, Jesus! It's not about reputation. It's about compassion. The Lord just used me as a vessel. I didn't do anything special. It's all about Jesus and His power. But He saved. He saved that woman that day. She was set free from her spirit of infirmity. The Lord loves the fact that you are faithful to pray for the sick and infirm. Oh, He loves it. He loves it that you are an intercessor. And when that intercessor list comes, you're praying. He just loves that. He loves that about you. But I believe if you're listening to this message, the Lord is asking you to take a step of faith and compassion and begin to pray for the immediate healing of those who are sick and infirmed. Oh, it's not my ministry. We don't do that in this church. Or if we do, we certainly don't do it at certain times, like on a Sabbath. They can come back on Wednesday night if they come back at all. I want you to remember something. I want you to remember something. If you're trying to just escape your obligation of compassion and saving people's bodies and souls and not praying for their immediate healing, I want you to, I want you to think about something, especially those of you who are really worried about your reputation, about failing, about the opinions of others, about drama, about the bottom line in your churches. Remember this, is that Jesus cared more about you on the cross than He did about His reputation. Am I right? Jesus cared more about you than He cared about failing or perceived failure hanging on a cross. Those of you who are listening who are sick and infirm, I pray the prayer of Jesus for you. In the name of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, may the Lord set you free from your spirit of infirmity. Amen. You've been listening to the Hope on the Way podcast with Father John Ahmed. We invite you to subscribe or follow this podcast on your preferred podcasting platform. To find out more about Hope on the Way Ministries and Father John, check out our website at hopeontheway.info. That's hopeontheway.info. Now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the companionship of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen. Amen.